back to Backlog Breakdown. I'm your uh, host for this episode, Jacob Van Ost, and... Okay, so, in the last episode I did, the nudity and art one, I mentioned something about intending to do a Sanic Three and Knuckles versus Sanic Mania, and still intending to do that. The thing is, I've already recorded four attempts at that, with shoddy audio quality and then uh, Nate said he wanted me to expand the through line the thing is if I A the uh, through line for the Sonic games is confusing to say the least which I'm going to get into hopefully in this episode and B if I covered the through line in the main feature that is that episode, Sonic 3 and Knuckles versus Sonic Mania, it would be a episode that is much longer than a bite-sized. And since I would prefer that be kept the bite-sized, I'm going to have to do this episode first. So consider this a preliminary episode. So, first off, objectivity and subjectivity. Again, I have no scripts for this. I'm kind of doing everything on the fly again. I mean, everybody's out. I'm the only one home with the dogs right now, so this is just kind of a nice time for me, and I'm I'm not really... I should have been a little bit more prepared, but I have my phone with me. I can just Google things as we go. So, objectivity and subjectivity. Objectivity. The quality of being objective. In, so another word for this would be impartiality. Another way of uh, looking at that would be, you know how you have all those movie review sites like IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, they always have these objective reviews, these critical, these critic reviews, and then they have these subjective and audience-based reviews. Um, it's a lot like that. But there's always an objective view of something. And then Google defines subjectivity as such. The quality of being based on or influenced by personal feelings, tastes, or opinions. And this is where things get confusing. Especially when talking about the Sonic games at large especially when we want to talk about the through line now speaking of the through line what the heck is a through line now I actually was a little confused about that first because I heard basically the same thing by another by another phrase and I'm not sure what that phrase was so I had some idea of what Nate meant when he when he asked for it, wanted me to expand it, but ah, a connecting theme, plot, or characteristic in a film, television series, book, etc. Okay, so a connecting theme, plot, or characteristic. So we have three thing. We have two things in here, right away off the bat that we can think of for Sonic games. The connecting theme and the characteristic. 
Now, Sonic's characteristics are pretty consistent throughout all of his incarnations. Um, he's meant to be that cool boy, edgy, cool edgy boy attitude. Not so much as as edgy, the hedgy as Shadow, but they, we'll get there when we get there. Now, I only have a few minutes to actually talk about all of this, so how do objectivity and subjectivity fit into the through lines for the Sonic games? Well, let's start with the first game. What is Sonic the Hedgehog? Sonic the Hedgehog was a game developed in the late was it late 90s or late 80s? I'm pretty sure it was late 90s. Give me one second. I need to look this up. I played all of these. Every last one. <laughs> I should know this. I'm terrible. <laughs> literally, if you don't know, I've played literally Sonic 1 all the way to Sonic Forces. I am terrible. <laughs> okay, so early 90s. Sweet, 1991. There we go. And he was made to rival Mario. And if you were born in the 90s, you probably remember the whole blast processing Sega does with Nintendo stuff, so... The thing that sets Sonic apart from Mario is its fast, pa- more fast-paced feel. Sonic has a faster running speed than Mario. And one thing that you'll notice uh, when you play the first Green Hill Zone is that first loop. Now, that is actually what I believe to be an interactive gameplay element. And I think that's... Don't get me wrong, it is a through line. We will get to that. Find me a Sonic game without a loop, and I will find you a Mario game without a Mario. So going on, from the first level, you have the lava stuff, you have the... Pushing the blocks, you have... And it's interesting, because in the first game, you go from the super fast-paced first zone to a more slow-paced second zone, and then it keeps bouncing back and forth, and it's never consistent. But that consistency of that interactiveness, especially with the stuff like the loop, is keeps getting more and more present with each future installment of the Sonic games. Okay, finally, I think I finally have what I'm talking about here. I don't have a word for it. I don't remember the word I was going to use for it, but I think I know what I'm talking about here now. Finally, I think I know where I'm going. So, in the Sonic 2, you have the loops again. You have tails. You have the spin dash, which is huge. And that's definitely um, a part of that growing interactiveness. It's part of that through line. And then you have Sonic 3, where... It perfects everything. Sonic and Knuckles were... Again, you have Knuckles. It continues to expand on that... On that interactiveness. And then... Even Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 1, Episode 2, which I consider spin-off games, but... Well, never mind. But, uh, yeah. Those have homing attacks. There's even a huge element of interactiveness in those games. And then Sonic 3 and Knuckles just perfects everything. The classic trilogy already did. You have Sonic 3D Blasts. Yes, even Sonic 3D Blast has interactiveness. Um, you collect those flickies. That is the interactiveness. And 
Yeah, set pieces, interactive set pieces. There we go. Interactive set pieces. Finally, found the word. But the set pieces are the through lines. Like the flickies are set pieces. They're interactive set pieces. The loop is an interactive set piece. Sonic CD has the big 3D loop in the first Palm Tree Panic Zone, Act 1. That is an interactive gameplay element. <clears throat> interactive element. Set piece. Interactive set piece. There we go. Sonic Adventure is really interesting because it has multiple interactive set pieces. Uh, and especially ones that would carry on massively into the 3D world. Into the, th into the rest of the 3D games. And the first major one you're going to see in the Sonic Adventure is the Killer Whale chase. Where the Killer Whale starts chasing you and you're running towards the camera Crash Bandicoot style. And that was a great gameplay interactive set piece. But it being right in the middle of the level means you had to work to get there. And I think that is the key element. You have to you have to actually play these levels to get to this interactive set pieces. And Sonic Adventure 2 even ups this with a, with a much more controllable interactive set piece with the gun truck chase, which is even more controllable, or less controllable depending on how good of a Sonic player you are, in Sonic Generations for the 360, because the 3DS version is very different. And it's it's something we'll consider a spin-off. <laughs> um, the interactive set piece for Sonic Heroes would be the team gameplay style, which I think is great. And then you also have all the little mini interactive set pieces in the, some of those levels too. There's one level in the second zone in Sonic Heroes where if you're not playing as Team Rose or Team Chaotix, you are going to be playing running upwards and away from lava that's rising. I know, typical. Very typical for a video game. But it's a, it's a great set piece. And it works really well for what it's trying to do. Um, another interactive set piece for Sonic Heroes. I mean, Sonic Heroes is full of set pieces alone. Like, I could probably make an episode of interactive set pieces on Sonic Heroes. I could probably make like a two-hour episode on interactive set pieces with Sonic Heroes alone. That whole bingo, casino, bingo highway, and, and casinoopolis zones, those are literally the perfect interactive set pieces. You're playing slot machines and bingo so that is an uh, Sonic no, Shadow the Hedgehog now I said I was going to keep these interactive set pieces to the mainline Sonic games you might be wondering why the heck am I including Shadow the Hedgehog as a spin-off game let me tell you Shadow the Hedgehog is not a spin-off game it is a direct story sequel to Sonic Heroes. Yes, that is right. In the Sonic games, it is a direct sequel. That never happens. So to say it is a spin-off, just because it features a different playable character, is false. I am sorry. 
But it is false. If you play Sonic Heroes all the way through, and you actually get to the story ending, or you can just look it up on YouTube, Team Dark ending and Team and uh, Metal Madness ending, or last story ending, whatever, you will know that Shadow the Hedgehog is a direct sequel to those events. Um, Shadow the Hedgehog's whole shtick is multiple endings and a completely different control scheme. Well, not completely different. You still have the home attack, but its main interactive set piece is the ability to pick up guns and use them. Yes, you can use guns as a, as a, as a hedgehog. I know, it's great. It's actually really fun. I really like it. I think it's a fun game, which we will get to. It is a set piece thing. It is a subjective set piece. Okay, so I had 10 minutes without so much out of the hedgehog. Okay, so Sonic 06 even has its interactive set pieces. Um, I haven't played all of it yet. I've played some of it. You have the snowboarding sections. You have the scrap metal, scrap metal boarding sections similar to the one in City Escape. City Escape is a great one. And so I can mention two battle. That open that, that whole first city escape zone is perfect for interactive set pieces. Um that one right down there. Um what else? Sonic 06. Um Sonic Unleashed's whole stick is switching back and forth between the hedgehog and the werehog. I like both of those, by the way. I'm weird. Actually not as weird as you might think though. Sonic Unleashed is generally been a lot more accepted these days. It's one of the greatest 3D Sonic games ever made. Sonic Unleashed, Sonic Colors, Souls interactive set piece is The Wisps. Um, Sonic Generations, Souls interactive set piece is, well, basically everything I already just talked about. Yeah, Sonic Lost World is next. I haven't played much of Sonic Lost World yet, but that parkour system is an extremely huge interactive set piece. It's a set piece to Sonic's skill. It's a new set piece to Sonic's skill set. Like that is an interactive set piece. But it's you, the player, as that set piece. Although that can be argued. For sure. But again, I haven't played all of it. But I know there are definitely some interactive set pieces in there. I have watched um, the Legend of Zelda Zone. Like that whole thing is based on interactive set piece. Like the whole thing of the Zelda Zone being in the Sonic game and alone is a set piece. Um, so Sonic's whole stick has been interactive set pieces from the very beginning. That I think is the objective through line. So. Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces. Uh, if you want me to, if you want me to hear, uh, if you want to know how many hours I've spent playing Sonic Forces, go look up my uh, Sonic Forces post in TRG and Backlog Book Club. It's eighty-two hours. So to say that uh, I don't know Sonic Forces is uh, would be wrong. I do know that game a little too well. But that whole interactive set piece for Sonic Forces is its skill points system where it, it gives you a better ranking after doing a daily mission. And then the more you, daily missions you do, the uh, higher chances you have of getting a daily mission that gives you like triple or quadruple the scores needed to get an S rank. 
that is that interactive set piece. Well, not maybe not maybe not as much as some of the other stuff. There's definitely a lot more. Um, like the Wispin, this is an interactive set piece or an interactive element. I'm kind of confused as to what to call these things, as you can tell. Because it's not exactly a set piece, but these are the interactive pits of the Sonic through line. And Sonic Mania's whole shtick was basically pretty much the same thing as Sonic Generations, but in 2D and better. Yes, that's right. I just called Sonic Mania better than Generations. Fight me, you cowards. <laughs> okay, maybe that was going a bit too far, but I stand by what I say. Sonic Mania is great. It's great. I think Sonic Mania's biggest thing was its drop dash. And I think Sonic Force's biggest thing was its wispins. And I am going to sound a little heretical here, but uh, I'm a little disappointed in the new Sonic game coming up. I'm getting a little tired of the wisp powers. I want something a little more new. I want. I would actually really like to see them go back to even something like Sonic Lost World and just retweak it. I think that would be really cool. Then again, that's my subjective part, right? So how is all of this objectivity in through uh, the Sonic through line get go and devolve into the subjective through line? Well, my subjective through line is this. How much fun can I have with it? Whereas other people's subjective through line would be, how does this game suck? And how does this game not suck? And those aren't subjective questions. Those aren't questions of subjectivity. Those are questions of objectivity. Objectively, Shadow the Hedgehog is a terribly made game. Objectively, Sonic 06 is a terribly made game. And don't get me wrong, Shadow, uh, Sonic 06 is a terribly made game. Sonic Lost World is a very mediocre game, objectively. But I enjoy playing them. That, I think, is the subjective through line. So, when I talk in the next bite size that I do about Sonic 3 and Knuckles versus Sonic Mania, this whole point of the through line is to kind of bring these arguments away from the subjectivity to the objectivity of the through lines. Kind of. It's weird. And that's why he's talking about which Sonic game is your favorite gets really confusing and really heated with some of these Sonic fans very quickly. Generally for the worse in more recent years. But I, th I think one of those objective through lines is the Sonic team trying to make Sonic different with every game he's in. Because no Sonic game has ever been the same. No Sonic game has ever been the same. Not since Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Sonic CD. Never. Like, if you look at Sonic 1 and Sonic CD and Sonic 2 all back to back to back, which I did, by the way, and it's very, very interesting 
see how different they are when you play them back to back to back to back. Um, but Sonic CD and Sonic 2 were developed basically at the same time, and Sonic, Sonic 2 released first, I believe. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I don't believe I am. But uh, Sonic 2, I think, is the more objectively better game. And again, I know some of those people, I know some of the Sonic fan community completely disagrees with that statement. They think Sonic CD is the greatest classic Sonic game ever made. And then you have all those top 10 countdown artists on YouTube who think Sonic 2 is the greatest Sonic game ever made and not Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which some countdown artists think is the greatest Sonic game I've ever made. And then you have uh, Sonic Mania, which is the greatest Sonic game ever made. Objectively. Yeah, I know. This is this gets confusing. Very quickly. Which, um, those arguments will be made in the next bite size that I do. But I think that's some of my thoughts on what the Sonic through line is. It's... Guys, it's, the through line for the Sonic games is so confusing. It's so confusing. Like, you can probably look at the through line for the Tomb Raider games, the uh, reboot trilogy, and you'd have no trouble discovering what that through line is. The Uncharted quadrology, you'd have no trouble discovering what that through line is there. Like, all of those through lines, those are easy to see. The Sonic games, it's so different. It's so different and so confusing. And that's why it's very difficult to find consensus on some of this. But yeah, that is the through line. The what is the Sonic through line? This was a very tough episode without basically any outlines or scripting whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I had no outlines for this. Basically, like three thoughts. What is subjectivity? What is objectivity? How do they apply it to the Sonic through line? What is the Sonic through line? Well, it I think the I think the through line is one or a combination of these three things of these three things. One is the ever-changing gameplay style of the Sonic games. That includes the 2D games. Even the classic trilogy. Or quadrology, if you want to include the Sonic CD. Which, yeah, I kind of do. I don't... I mean, Amy is canon, so, I mean, eh. Two is the interactive set pieces. Or interactive gameplay elements. Like the wispin powers and forces and the wisps and colors and the loops and all that kind of stuff. And so you can see why it would be confusing to talk about that in the main episode and why I didn't why I kind of really didn't want to in that episode. I mean, we've already gone over the twenty five minute mark. Those, those two things, I think, are the biggest things for the Sonic through line. The objective through line. The subjective through line is probably, depending on the individual, one of three things. One, how objectively good is this game? Two, how much fun it, or um, 
graphics, yada, 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 yada. gameplay, yada, yada. controls. Controls are a good one. Sonic Forces controls like garbage, by the way. Ugh. Um, I had fun with it, don't get me wrong, but man, those controls are slippery. Jeez. Um, yeah, uh, let me tell you fun, something fun. Sonic, Sonic, Sonic 06 controls feels less terrible to control than Forces. Yeah, I said that. Come at me. Okay, so the objective through line is Sonic has never been the same since the first game. He's always doing something different. And the subjective through line is how much fun can I have with this? And I'm going to try and see how I can connect both of those and yet still bring the arguments to objectivity in the Sonic 3 and Knuckles versus Sonic Mania, bite-sized. Okay. Alright, if you want to find me, you can find me in TRG and the hashtag Backlog Book Club. so much for listening to this episode of the backlog breakdown if you want to join in the conversation you can email us at the breakdown at gmail.com or join our facebook group the backlog book club on facebook and on twitter our handle is at bb downcast of course you can also catch nate and i on our social media platforms like facebook twitter and the gg app i go by broccolope that's spelled b-r-o-c-c-o-l-o-p-e and nate goes by nate underscore mckeever till next time loggers you keep beating down those backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits 